Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I'm Tim. Welcome to the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, um, welcome. This is where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. And uh, today is the first podcast in our series of creepy Christmas um, episodes. Um, Colonel, I know you're excited about that. I love me some creepy Christmas time. I know you do. Well, this is the first one. We're going to have them throughout the month. And a lot of them, strangely enough, deal with fire for some reason. Well, you know, I'm surprised that there are not more mass killings around Christmas. Because Christmas is a stressful time. Well, what I'm finding out when I'm doing, doing this research is that there are a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, which, it, makes, it makes you snap. I mean, because... Eh, like, people want they they want they want they want they don't want gift cards. They yeah, want, hey, you got to you it's know like you, you can't pick. get somebody Amazon a gift card anymore and satisfy them. Yeah, it's uh, seen like you're not, you know being uh, dismissing them or something. I don't know, but I'd anyway, be happy with Amazon gift card. I know anybody right. who wants to send a colonel. No, do not it, solicit, please. You got actually, people already trying to find out when your gospel hour is on. And it, no. it's actually a tax deductible. No, if you send it's it to the not. It's not true. Colonel, it's do not do that. <laughs> do not do that. Okay, the topic of our podcast today. You're going to love this, Colonel. Hold on. Before we start, Timmy, can I can I just tell the people what we deal with? Well, here? I have to introduce you first. Oh, okay. So let me give the topic of our podcast, then I'll introduce you, and then you can that you can do your good. rant. That sounds good. Okay. The topic of our podcast today is the flame-throwing Santa. <laughs> this is a true story, folks. I can't make this up. Mass murderer Bruce Pardo. Bruce uh, Pardo was a uh, psycho uh, who <laughs> dressed up in a Santa Claus outfit. Uh, and he was heavily armed. He killed a bunch of people, and then he pulled out a flamethrower and burned down their house. That was back in uh, 2008, so we're going to talk about all his... <laughs> I can't make this shit up. We're going to talk about all of his dastardly deeds. When you we'll, burn somebody's house down. I mean, you know, shit's too easy, you I know? I killed everybody in the house. Because Clint Eastwood said that in a movie one time, if you shoot me, I'm going to kill your whole family and burn your damn house down. Well, this is what this, this, is what this guy actually did. So um, we're going to talk about all of his, his uh, dastardly deeds. But before we do, let me introduce uh, our my co-host, uh, one of the finest men in podcasting, a, a true beacon 
uh, a uh, he's a uh, I, I, he's been described as an oasis in the desert of despair. The very honorable Colonel uh, Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Well, I'm a little I'm a little put out, Timmy. What's wrong? What's wrong, Colonel? Tell me your problems. Okay, now we come in here into our recording studio. Yes, uh, a studio that that you know that we've been using since we started this podcast. Yeah, and so we've we've got sort of like squatter rights on. We this. do have squatter. It just rights. happens to be in Brandy's office. Exactly. Yeah. Now, and, Brandy, and has, it's the most work that ever gets done in this <laughs> office. <laughs> it's truly the only. It's the most productive thing that happens all day in yeah. the devil's office. Yes, and. So we come in. I come in here. I start to get everything set up, and you know. And Brandy, he, we should say, is it still out? Uh, Brandy's she, still out. She uh, comes in for a couple hours, few hours, and then she has to leave to be with her grandmother, which we understand because her grandmother is in the hospice, and we understand that. But what did you find today, Colonel? So right on, right before we could get to the recording equipment, there is and a big get into stick- and before we can get into her cookies and before we can get into a cookies yeah, yeah. there's a note she and left I, a note and I, let me read the note to our listeners thomas jefferson mm-hmm. said there is no greater tyranny than trying to rule from the grave yes and he did say that and but devil, he said that when he was alive yeah he said it when he was alive yeah, yeah. the devil she's bossy when she ain't even here timmy now she let left me us read this note, note. Okay. boy and she refers to us as boys, not Tim, not Chuck, boys. First of all, Brandy, we're men. We're men. And you better it. respect that. Yeah. Yeah. And she, when she objectifies me, she's objectifying I, 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 me as a man. I, yeah, I see how she looks at us. Mm-hmm. You know, she looks yeah. at us with those. With, Make you feel all dirty. Oh, why not? Yeah, I feel yeah. like I, I feel like I just have to, you know. I feel like I need to put on extra clothes when I'm around her. I I feel like I got to take a shower after I leave sometimes. Uh So what's the note say? So it says, it leads, boys, Mm -hmm. throw away your trash. The hell? Turn off the lights. Will you take a look at this office? (laughs) (laughs) And she's telling us to throw away trash. I mean, look, we need to post pictures of her office. Yeah. Turn off the lights and fan before you leave. Have a good weekend. And this is her passive, little aggressive thing. Uh-huh. Puts a little heart and then a B. Like love brandy. I and guess th- these are the kind of notes that re- I swear Renee would leave this note for my children. We're going to post this note. We're going to take we a picture. We are going to post this note. It's, take, it's just too much to. Yeah, let me take a picture of it. We'll put it up on the page and you can see what kind of crap we have to put up with. All but right. it's not enough for her to be bossy while she's here. I know. She's got to boss us when she's not even yeah. here. She's and bossy. like we're not responsible. Like we don't always exactly. clean up. We always make things nice and neat when we leave. We turn off all the equipment, the lights, computers, the fan. Well, at least most of the time. We well, do. sometimes we don't. But yeah. but we think about it. I mean, we, we don't mean we, to do it. Right. We don't notice it. Right, but I don't know that that. Means. I just don't like the fact that she's writing us these uh, these you know, I don't notes. Like, I'm I don't not like, her like dictating, f- and I'm, I'm not a fucking maid. <laughs> exactly. What? We ain't here to clean up your goddamn office, That's even, right. even if we made the mess. Exactly. So, Brandy, we're not doing it, even though she's not listening. So we can say what yeah, we're she doing. don't listen to no. these things anyway. I know. All right, I want to give a um, I want to give some shout outs to our supporters on Patreon. 
Um, if you would like to support us on uh, support us support the podcast on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash history dweebs. Uh, we appreciate any help we can get. Uh, it helps us with the cost uh, associated with the show. We, we, we would be uh, happy to accept all donations, whether it's a little, a lot, or... Or just a wee bit, Terry. Or just, just a, wee, a bit. wee bit. Yes, so go to patreon.com slash historydweebs. We uh, are very grateful for your support. I just want to give a shout-out to those who are actively sponsoring our show to say, again, thank you. That's Alicia and Chip. As always, Alicia and Chip were our first, very first sponsors on Patreon. We really appreciate that. Uh, Jen Moyer, thank you, Jen. She gives a very generous donation. Brandy McBride, Brandy's been with us a long time. Thank you, Brandy. Andrew Happ, uh, Lise uh, over, I believe, in Denmark. Uh, thank you, Lise. Amber McCain Scoville, uh, Jahara, uh, Jennifer. I just uh, just was messaging Jennifer, Jennifer Siemens, and uh, of course her mom, Linda, and their son, the very handsome Hunter. Uh, Angelo, Big Angelo, thank you for your uh, support. Bridget Clavey, Bridget uh, has been with us a long time. Thank you so much, Bridget. Of course, another person who's been with us a long time is Cindy Lou. Uh, Cindy is a, the roller skating uh, lady. She is a uh, f- very funny, funny lady. And I'll tell you, Cindy's, very, now, Cindy's very funny to mm-hmm. me, but I'll tell you what. She is an extremely, um, she's opinionated. Um, but she's an extremely intelligent woman. Very smart, you, very uh, attractive. If and, you want to uh, talk about, if you want to have a rational, and one of the things, we will exchange messages from time to time. Yeah. And if you want to have a rational political discussion with someone who does not share your views, mm-hmm. you can, Cindy's one of those people. Yeah. And Cindy, I think, is a libertarian. She's very libertarian. And she that, knows that yeah. I'm almost a socialist, and she makes almost. fun of me a little bit. But <laughs> well, okay, I'm pretty much a socialist. I think, you know, libertarians. I can, you know, I I kind of agree with some of their stuff actually, but um, you know, they they don't want people in your bed. They want the government in your bedroom, and they don't, mm-hmm. you know, they don't want the government telling you what to do. So I can dig that. Uh, we also want to give a shout out to one of our patrons, Charlie, from the uh, Insight podcast. If you haven't checked out Insight, you're probably the only one because it's a, one of the hottest. <laughs> it, is, it is. It's one of the hottest podcasts out there. If you like mysteries, you definitely need to check out Insight with our friend Charlie and Allie uh, down there in Australia. They they host a show and they do a really good job. So check hey, out Timmy, Insight. Don't you feel like kind of that uh, their success is um, due to them learning from us, maybe? No, I think it, it's due to their hard work. They far exceeded our success. But, but you know, we, we're the... We, it, we're no, they, it's kind of... You, you're kind of proud of Charlie and Allie because they were here when we started, and yeah. then they started their own podcast, so we got to watch them yeah. grow and grow. So well, well at the same time, just, we're still down here in the minor leagues, yeah. We're, but we're, that's fine because I like it down here. I like riding these buses in the minor I leagues, know, Timmy. I know, but they're in the big leagues now. They're in the top yeah, 30. Yeah, you know what? Charlie will read a whole damn book to research something. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, Charlie's very smart. She does, I do not she have does that kind very of 
it, and so does Allie. They both yeah. do a lot of research. They really yeah, learn all Yeah, if they're doing a subject, they'll go out and find books oh, and yeah. read the whole book. Oh, yeah. And, and they, they I mean, they together. interview people and stuff. I mean, they do, like, real research. <laughs> Not <laughs> we, that I don't do real research. They just do. They're just much more thorough than I am. And they do, they're, they're really great. So if you haven't listened to the Insight, the Insight podcast, please do so because you're in for a treat. And also, we don't want to forget, uh, we get $1 each month from Rudy the Wonder Dog. Uh, thank you, Rudy. Uh, I know that it cuts into your... Um, his milk bone fund. His milk bone money, but uh, we do appreciate it. All right, Colonel, we're ready to talk about the flame-throwing <laughs> Santa. About crazy Santa. All right. Uh, Bruce Jeffrey Pardo was born... I think The only other person I na- know with the last name Pardo is Don Pardo. I was thinking, what, was yeah. this the flamethrowing game show host? <laughs> the, 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 the announcer? Yeah. Wasn't he on Saturday Night Live, too? He was. Don Pardo, yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is not him. This is Bruce Jeffrey Pardo. He was born on March 23rd, 1963 in Glendale, California. So if he was born on March 23rd, what was going on, Colonel? 1963? Yeah. March 23rd, 1963. That would have been... Prior to the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, it was prior to the Kennedy assassination. It was... was That, that wasn't... No, the Cuban Missile Crisis was in October. Know, yeah. But his mother was pregnant. His mother now. was... Yeah, his mother was all... Had to swell belly. Yeah, yeah. She was probably grumpy as hell. And you know, the shame of that is, I find pregnant women attractive to me. I do too. But you know, I've, I've never had the pleasure, but... Well, I, you know. Well, Miss Colonel's had a couple kids, so. Well, yeah, but you know, and usually, she, usually when I find out they are, I <laughs> change my phone number. Yeah. But, but <laughs> see, and and I don't, you know, I don't like to have my my personal things. But to Mrs. Colonel, she's pretty much insatiable all the time. I see, and that, that's really why she keeps <laughs> the, me around. Could the it house. be because she's married to you? That that's a problem. <laughs> well. I mean, well, maybe it is because she finds maybe me attractive. Maybe it's you, not her. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not me, it's you. Yeah. All right, and anyway, Jeffrey, Bruce Jeffrey Pardo was born on March 23, 1963 in Glendale, California. He grew up in the San Fernando Valley in the 1970s. That was probably a hip place to grow up in oh, the 70s. Oh, you know they had some cool bell bottoms. Oh, man, they got the porn mustaches going yeah. on in the 70s Everything bush. was groovy back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was a uh, Bruce was the son of an engineer, and he uh, showed a knack for mathematics. He uh, after graduating from John H. Francis Polytech High School, that uh, would be J F P H H S I guess. Um, in Sun Valley, he went to Cal State Northridge to study computer science. He got good grades, um, and he was very popular. He loved being the center of attention. At his graduation at Cal State, he carried a life-size inflatable doll to graduation. I you know. took a life-size inflatable doll to prom one time. <laughs> Say, I'll probably be taking one to dinner later, right? you know, uh, to the movies or something. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I, you know, kids do crazy things at graduation, so that's not that far out. I mean, it's not, not like he was psycho or anything at, th- at this point. That comes later. Yeah, you know? that comes later. Uh, friends and co-workers uh, recalled that uh, he was exceptionally bright, and he landed a job at a software engineer uh, plant in uh, at the oh, I'm sorry at, as a software engineer at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory uh, in Flint Ridge. Okay, 
So he's, you know, he's a software engineer. He's a smart guy, smart guy. Uh, But he wasn't the most industrious of workers, uh, as his co-workers remembered. Uh, And he always looked for uh, opportunities to defeat the system. Once a colleague recalled, he hacked into the uh, company computer system to learn all of his co-workers' salary. So, you know, he's a little bit of a troublemaker, I guess. A little, you know, nosy. He's, and, you know, we did, we cut this out of a previous podcast, Colonel, but I know you have strong feelings. We just, you know, since we're talking about hacking, I know you have strong feelings about Anonymous. I do have strong feelings. Would you like to express anonymous. those feelings? Well, I... No. Well, what have they done? I mean, other than... I don't believe Anonymous does shit. I believe they... <laughs> they, they I believe... You know what I believe? Yeah, I knew I'd get you going. I Go believe Anonymous is one ninth, tenth grade kid. <laughs> Living in his got mom's basement. account. Living yeah. in his mom's basement. Because when have you seen... The only know, thing they did was, what, they, they disclosed people who belong to Ma- Ashley Madison. Ashley Madison, yeah. Yeah, but they're always going to bring down governments yeah. and all this shit. Let Nothing ever happens. Here, you know, you know what you can do? I, and if you're out there listening... I triple dog dare you to hack into my checking account, Anonymous. <laughs> you can't do it. You know you can't do it. You so want to you talk are to calling shit. Anonymous out. I'm calling them out for what they are. Now, if they were to, it, this whole election rigging thing. Yeah, they, you know, they, yeah. If if if, if they, they was so powerful, why didn't you rig the election? <laughs> or maybe you did rig the election. Maybe I might be sitting here talking crazy shit. They, they, they the may election. be Trumpsters. You're saying. <laughs> I don't think they're Trumpsters. I don't I think, think it would be Trumpsters. But no, but they're always going to do, and they always have this, you know, make these YouTube videos with this little guy in this little funny mask, yeah. and they talk like a robot. Yeah, they oh, got What the have they done? Hawk. What have they done? They do something done, good. No, I'll tell you what they've done. Tell Give me. me free porn. If I'll you t- want to do something. <laughs> you get, know what they've done? Uh, what? They probably completed their goddamn Pokedex. <laughs> Because they're out there playing poker, man. They ain't doing shit. They can't hack into it. They probably can't even remember the damn password. If I left my phone in front of Anonymous, they couldn't figure out the four-digit code to get into my phone. So you are calling them out. I'm calling them out. I double-dog dare you to get into my checking account, Anonymous. You can kiss my ass. Ain't nobody afraid of you. Okay. So the challenge is there. I ain't saying it anonymously. I'm putting it out there. It's You're, the colonel the taking colonel. on, I don't even know who, they and are. I don't believe you could do it. Maybe they're not even real. Maybe they don't even exist. Maybe it's just these people with these funny little masks. And let me be clear. I'm talking about my checking account, not Renee's checking account. Oh, okay. Account. Yeah, yeah. But she, we don't want she would have nothing but kind things to say about Anonymous. Oh, no. You mess with her money, she'll come and rip you a whole new ass. <laughs> so for your own safety, just mess with my checking account. <laughs> okay. Steal my identity. All right. So you called him out. <laughs> you know that guy that uh, identity lock? He, he, went, mm-hmm. he went on and gave out his social security number. <laughs> yeah. And the people hacked yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. He said, you know, it's so secure, I'm yeah. going to give you my social security And he put, goes number. on a commercial and he gives out his social security mm-hmm. number. They hacked it. Oh, he co-signed a car loan for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, calling out anonymous. But anyway, so Pardo was a computer programmer, and he did little pranks like that, I guess, at work. Uh, in 19... Uh, let's see, where am I at? Oh, this is interesting. Um, he seemed to go and come and go as he pleased at work. Some like... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to name names. <laughs> Come and go as they please. Now, who who have you seen for about an hour of the last, yeah, um, for pretty yeah, much I, every day this week? 
uh, pretty much every day the last six months. Uh, the last six months, yeah. The only time I see her is when we do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, half the time she acts like she don't want to be here. Oh, yeah, she's looking at her watch the whole yeah, time. Candy Crush. Uh, he would disappear every time there was a fresh snowfall and return with tan lines. <laughs> I don't know. He went to the beach <laughs> or something. I don't know what he's doing. In 1988, when he was 24, Pardo became engaged to a co-worker named Delilah. Now, Delilah... I, all, all the newspaper accounts, I the, I went back and read the different newspapers accounts, and they don't give her last name because I don't think she I got a question for you, Timmy. Mm-hmm. We were talking about tan lines. Yeah. <clears throat> now, who is the most famously tan person in the country right now? You're the president, the elect, I mean? Yeah, Donald Trump. Uh-huh. And before him, we had John Boehner. wonder what uh, Donald Trump tan lines look like. But you know what, John Boehner, and I pointed this out, John Boehner, they, they may did be a related. better job because t- Donald Trump has those gray circles around his eyes where yeah. you can tell he's got the goggles on. Uh-huh. John Boehner never had those. Yeah. If you're going to tan, just risk your eye damage and don't get those crazy looking goggles. white things around yeah. your eyes. Yeah. I, you know, you, I don't tan, but. You think he would fly to just fly to Florida because he seems to love Florida. He's always talking about Florida. Yeah, he does. He does He's got his like uh, resort down there. But he, I, I don't know that he. Uh, I always wonder why he got the little guy. Because what it makes I know me, you were mad at Donald Trump because he was in town yesterday. I'm mad at Donald Trump because I'm mad at anybody that causes me to sit in traffic. Yeah, and, and the traffic was messed and up. And the traffic was just gridlock. And he, he's, uh, he's, he was on his thank you tour. Why you got to start your goddamn victory tour in Cincinnati? You didn't even win <laughs> Hamilton County, for fuck's sake. This ain't a county that you carry. <laughs> Go to the people that support you. He, he, won, he won a lot of the surrounding counties, though. I, you know what? I, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Mother Teresa. If you make me sit in traffic, you're going to piss me off. Ain't nobody that you're special. You're pretty cranky to today. You're mad at Brandy. You're mad at Anonymous. You're mad at Donald Trump for making you sit in traffic. And then I had one of his supporters yell at me. Oh, yeah. He, yeah I'm trying to wave Taylor. Uh-huh. I, I, I go downtown to pick up Taylor. And uh, and I seriously, I thought I, I, I put it on my Facebook page. I thought I was going to catch a felony on this because I pull over to the side on the curb mm-hmm. um, in the parking area. Traffic's gridlocked. So the car ahead of me um, is this SUV. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, this is downtown Cincinnati. Downtown Cincinnati. So I see Taylor up the street, and he's looking around for me. So I start flashing my lights, mm-hmm. and I hit the horn a couple times. This man yells out his car, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> I'm like, now I've been sitting in traffic. Make America great again. <laughs> I've been sitting in traffic for a half an hour. So how do you know it was his supporter? I don't know if it was one of his supporters uh, okay. or so not. I don't, know. I don't know if it was just another guy cranky about being in traffic too i do know he was from kentucky which caused me to get out of my car and in front of my boy scream you inbred half-wit sister fucking bastard don't you yell at me i'll flash my goddamn lights as much as i want and as i'm walking over to his car i see him roll his window going up mm-hmm. i get closer to his car to me the son bitch is about 75 years old <laughs> And I'm like, God, look at it, Timmy. You know what? The people around here they don't let you be Christian. <laughs> I try to be a Christian. They don't let you be Christian around here. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I had to walk away. My and, and you're trying to like, do the Lord's work. 
Taylor said, Dad, I, I, you may have just given that guy a heart attack there. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not, I'm not being obnoxious. I'm just trying to show my son where my car is. And I, he's, got to, he's got to yell at me? I was walking home, or I was walking back from lunch today in, on the street where we are. It's kind of a busy, busy street where we work. And I swear to God, this guy is on the standing on a corner. And, you know, Trump was in town yesterday. He's mm-hmm. on it. But this guy is standing on the corner. He has this huge sign that says, Trump is a danger. And it's an old white man. And he's wearing, like, one of these carnival, uh, these uh, sombreros that you get, like, at the carnival or something. <laughs> and I thought, isn't that ironic? Because, you know... I don't know if he was trying to make a statement with the sombrero, with the sombrero or he's yeah. <laughs> or it's just ironic. I had a friend who uh, uh, complain who broke up with her boyfriend, and, and she had they had went to Arizona, and she had given him some jewelry from they had went down to like the Indian reservations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and down in Arizona, and she asked for them back. Oh, she was an Indian giver. <laughs> he called her an Indian giver. So I don't know if this guy realized how ironic it was that he's, you know, wearing a sombrero. sombrero. He's a white guy, you know. And <laughs> and I thought, I mean, are you just asking for abuse to sit, yeah. stand on a corner with any kind of political sign where yeah. it was said, you know, lock up Hillary. This one just said that Trump's a danger. But, you know, all these people are going by, you know, flipping him off. Mm-hmm. And stuff. I'm like, you know, really, are you going to change any minds? It, you know, that's that's the thing I have. Although, you know, and, and I will say this. For eight years with Obama being president, I have had to listen to people. Mm-hmm. And I plan on voicing my opinion at every turn. Yes. Because I... And, and, and I'm serious about this, though. What really aggravated me and the reason I made the post was I thought, how, how stupid is this that I'm waiting in traffic because he's running a victory lap around Cincinnati... And this man's going to be president in six weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, he said that's why there wasn't that many people at the event. Because, you know, the event was... Yeah. I mean, he was here in October, and it was packed. It was packed. He, he this time, it was just yeah. half empty. But he said it was because of the traffic. So, it, evidently, you were fucking up the victory I'm tour. sorry, but I had a... But no, Fucker. I thought... You know what? You, you kind of got to learn how to be the president. Should you really be doing a victory lap around? You know, that's what mm-hmm. pissed me off. I'm sitting in traffic because you, you were just pissed off because you was in traffic. Come well, on. and I will find any reason to be pissed <laughs> off if I'm in traffic. Right. I mean, I will. I will. You know. Yeah. When I'm sitting like in I traffic, said, when I get up to wherever the the problem is, I want to see fucking carnage. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I want to see limbs. Yeah, exactly. I want to see people on fire. If the, Timmy, if it, if it would had not been Trump uh-huh. and it had been Mother Teresa down at the Coliseum uh-huh. healing the lepers, uh-huh. I'd have been cussing her too. <laughs> like that would have been really been amazing since she's dead. Yeah, I, but I mean, you know, if it would have been right, right, somebody like that, I would have been cussing her yeah, too. It doesn't again. really Dalai Lama. Lama. You've been mad thing. at the Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama would have been, you know, get your happy ass out of here. <laughs> back just... to fucking Nepal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back to back to Bruce Pardo. Okay, so Bruce, in 1988, when he's 24, he becomes engaged to Delilah. We don't know her last name because she didn't want to be identified. <laughs> and as you learn this story, you'll understand why. Um, 
so she she is she's given uh, interviews with the press. I've seen her uh, interviews in a couple of different uh, like L.A. Times, but um, she's asked that her last name not be identified because she married someone else and moved away. <laughs> but they were engaged uh, to be married in 1989. They were going to get married. Uh, they invited in June of 1989. They invited 250 uh, people to their wedding and at a uh, at the San Fernando Mission. Pardo didn't have much money, and he was living with his mother at the time. So the bride to be dipped into her savings to pay for the wedding and a country club reception, and honeymoon reservations in Tahiti. So it sounds pretty cool, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I love this part. I love this part right here. On the day of the wedding, June 17th, 1989, his fiance, as well as his brother Brad and his mother Nancy Windsor, waited for nearly an hour for Pardo to show up to the wedding, but he never did. The next week, uh, Delilah, his fiance, learned that Pardo had withdrawn $3,000 from their joint checking account. <laughs> it was all her money. Uh, and a few weeks later, she saw him again. He was tan and looking good. She says, quote, he was tan and looking good. Like, wow. Turn, it turns out he went to Palm Springs and blew all the money. <laughs> yeah, well... You know what? She shouldn't have gave him access to the money. Yeah, well, there's no record of whether Delilah ever pursued charges, but as I said, she would later marry someone else and move I think away. she just wanted to get the hell out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, on the weekends, uh, he had a boat, and on the weekends he would invite uh, kid, uh, his friends out onto the lake. Uh, he was like a, he was, his friends, T, uh, one of his friends, Tina Westman, in the early 90s, says that he was like a big kid. He was goofy and lovable, but sometimes too goofy. Um, he had coached uh, Tina to join him on a rafting trip with friends when she fell overboard and she nearly drowned. Um, but he just could not uh, grasp the severity of what happened. <laughs> Uh, and he was just like laughing at her as she was drowning. And fortunately, uh, another friend pulled her out. She said that uh, Tina said he was very, very intelligent, but he didn't have a lot of common sense. Didn't seem like he had very much social awareness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He it didn't have a lot of empathy, it didn't sound like. By 2001, at the age of uh, 37, Pardo decided it was time to settle down for real and get married. Uh, he was living in Woodland Hills with his girlfriend, Elena Lucano. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. Uh, and they had a 13-month-old son, Bruce Matthews. Uh, Bruce Matthews Pardo. Uh, a few, uh, so in 2001, a week after New Year's, Bruce fell into a backyard swimming pool while Pardo was watching television in the house. I think he was about two years old at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was, yeah, thir- uh, 13 months. Oh, just a year. Okay. Pardo. How the fuck you letting a one-year-old well, walk around the swimming he was, pool? Pardo was the babysitter at this point. When uh, the wife got home, when uh, uh, Elena got home, she found Pardo screaming and holding uh, Matthew in his arms. Pardo, uh, he had fallen in the pool, and he had, you know, so they called the emergency squad, 911. They take him to the hospital. Pardo maintained a, a, a visual by the boy's hospital bed for a week. 
but when the doctors determined that the boy would never fully recover, um, Pardo just left. Well, you know what I think? I think he was hanging out to make sure the kid lived, and he did. Well, he was praying for him that he didn't get charged with something. Yeah, he wasn't ever charged, but um, after a week of waiting for him to recover, uh, he left home. He, he left uh, Elena and the child. Uh, Matthew is now about 17, and he's severely uh, brain damaged and paraplegic. That's kind of sad. Neither uh, neither Elena or the boy would ever see Pardo again. Um, and, to, and, he, and he never paid support for this child either, uh, which will be a bone of contention in his next marriage. In 2004, Pardo met Sylvia Orez. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. They were introduced by her brother-in-law, one of uh, Pardo's co-workers at the JPL where he was working as a computer programmer. Orez was a little bit older than he was. She was 40. He was 37. Uh, she had three children, three children by two previous marriages. Pardo's friends thought that she was what just what he needed, a down-to-earth woman with a large family. They were married on January 29, 2006, and Pardo and her bought a three-bedroom home for $565,000 in Montrose, California, Taking on a mortgage of four hundred and fifty-two thousand, so man, he had so a chunky down payment. Yeah, there. he did. Now, then, remember, this is two thousand six, so this is right before the. Uh, that would have been right at the right as it was about to hit. The yeah, this is right around the housing bubble yeah. and right before the financial crisis. Yeah, you can buy that house for one hundred eighty-five thousand. <laughs> I don't know. It's not, it's California, so yeah. probably not, but. I mean, you know, it's a half a million dollar home. Even in California, that's pretty nice. Uh, it's yeah. probably pretty nice digs. They bought a dog, and they named the dog Saki. Saki? Saki. And they seem to live happily uh, with uh, Sylvia and her children. So, My dog would bite me if I named him Saki. Yeah. So we have Pardo, Bruce, uh, we got Bruce, Sylvia, and her th- uh, three or three children, right? Okay, living in this four hundred fifty or five hundred sixty-five thousand dollar home in Montrose. Now, um, Pardo uh, was a regular uh, uh, at the church. The a regularly attended mass at the Holy Redeemer Catholic Church, which is a th- few blocks away from his home, and uh, he served there as an usher. Really, do you need an usher at a church, really? I mean, you know, I, there's no assigned pews, are they? I mean, can't you just walk in and sit down? Now, you know, back in olden days, you, you actually paid for pews and rented pews. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, during, like during the Revolutionary War times. Right, right, right. It was a, it was a political thing. So you, if you, you want a good seat, you had to pay. You had you to, paid. You paid. Is it we just tied more, or did you actually have to pay? I think you actually just paid the church. So you paid the church. Yeah, you paid the church, and they assigned you, and you know, to get a, a few up front. So if you want premium seats, yeah, and it's it. funny the people we went to, you know, the church we go to, um, there's a front pew, there's a, three rows in a front pew, but the front pew middle is uh, my dentist, my ex dentist, he retired, Doctor Higley, and nobody sits in that pew, but Doctor Higley and his family. And it's not a thing that he, I think if somebody else was sitting in the pew, Miss Dr. Higley, just go find another pew. Right. It's just people are used to where they sit. Where they sit. Yeah. And uh, me, my, you know, Renee makes me sit way in the back mm-hmm. so nobody can hear me. But Yeah. 
And so you can sneak out. One well, I, no, I like to get my own personal commentary on the, on the sermon. <laughs> I see. Point out there. Uh, I, I got point kicked out. out. Timmy, I got Critique kicked. it while you Renee, go. Renee made me leave church one time. <laughs> How did, why did she make you leave church? Now, we're doing a, we're doing a, they're doing a thing on the power of prayer. Timmy. Okay. Okay. And you're now, doing commentary. In now, you got to remember, my brother's about to die. Right. And I and I say to Renee, you know, your brother had ALS, and he was yeah. And and this woman, what she's doing is she's talking about how every time she had a problem, she prayed on it, mm-hmm. and a solution would come about. Okay. So she's talking about her getting divorced, and she didn't have any money. Her car bro- her car broke down, and she didn't know what she was going to do. She had to get back and forth to work, and she took the bus for three days, and then her brother called her up and said he was buying a new car did he want hers did she want his old car and then she was running low on money and she had a couple kids and she didn't know what she was going to do and some neighbors showed up with a bunch of groceries one night and I told Renee I said well hell yeah she prays it's like hitting a goddamn lottery every time she says a prayer well (laughs) you know I mean of course you 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 want to show me faith I want to see some poor bastard that lost his leg to gangrene. Right, right. You know, his house got taken away. Right. He lost everything. No, 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 don't show me card tricks. I want yeah. To- <laughs> I want to see somebody that suffered and gone through some really sick shit. Right. And, and, I, and I told Renee, I said, you know, Renee, here's, here's my problem here. And this is why the sermon's going on. I said, you could get everybody in China to pay for my brother. He ain't going to live. Because mm. ain't nobody gets what my brother had and lives. Right, right. So you could get all of China, Taiwan, Japan. He had a special kind of ALS. It kills you quickly. So she didn't think that was appropriate for you to be commenting. Well, she told me to tone it down a bit. Well, I can see where that questions your faith. I mean, we're going to question your faith. I would go through something like that. And the woman then said, now understand, understand this. I know this sounds silly, Mm -hmm. but I had ducks in my pool. Mm -hmm. She said, and it, it works in all aspects of your life. You know, and this might sound petty, but I had ducks set up a home in my, my pool. Mm-hmm. And while that sounds like it might be cute, you know, it's very messy. It, it really disrupts the pH balance of the pool. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I heard this, Timmy, and the only <laughs> thing that could automatically come out of my mouth is, are you kidding me? <laughs> And you said this out loud. I said it out loud. The people three, four <laughs> pews ahead of me could hear me. Because in a church, it's going to echo. It's carry. Yeah. And Renee squeezes my shoulder and I say, you know what? No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't care if you got the damn Loch Ness Monster living in your swimming pool. If you got a swimming pool, things ain't so damn bad. You need to be praying about it. <laughs> and Renee looked at me and she said, get out of here. <laughs> and I went down. And, and this this was a funny thing because I went down and we had this very condescending music director. And I went down and I got myself a can of Mountain Dew out of the vending machine because I knew I had a good half hour to sit in a car by myself. <laughs> I, I, I get the feeling you do a lot of sitting in the car by yourself. <laughs> I do do a lot of sitting in the car. And and I uh, and and you know I'm not the most religious man right. until I'm doing my Colonel's Evangelical. Okay, okay. Well, of course, of course. And. The music director comes up to me. He was, it was, you know, because he'd already done his part of the service, mm-hmm. and he says, "How you doing, Chuck?" And I said, "Now remember, my br- my brother's about to die." 
right. very close to dying. And I said, well, his name was Mike. I said, you know what, Mike? I woke up this morning. Mm-hmm. And he said, and he puts his hand on my shoulder, and he's very condescending. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know what, Chuck? The Lord wants so much more from you than just waking up. <laughs> and I said, Mike, when you went to bed last night, did you think you might die over the middle of the, in the course of the night? He said, that never occurred to me. I said, well, you know what? Cross over in Africa and third world countries and nursing homes and hospitals and everywhere else, there's millions of people who went to bed last night and didn't know if they was going to wake up in the morning. That's right. And when they wake up in the morning, they was happier than hell that they woke up in the morning. And if waking up in the morning is good enough for them, it's good enough for me. And I don't need you telling me what the damn Lord wants from me. Because you don't speak for the Lord, and the last I heard, the Lord didn't have an attorney, and you wasn't him. And then I wandered on out to my car, and I smoked some cigarettes, and I drank my Mountain Dew, and Renee banned me for church. <laughs> and now Renee, occasionally, she, when she goes to church, she does not make me go with her. Well, well, you have your own. You have your own church now. And so. Yeah, because I they was, they was really Philistines. Timmy, the true believers go to the... Church I always wonder First why a guy. You ever see watch car. baseball games and a, a guy will hit a home run and then he cross, you know, does the cross and then he points yeah, to the like sky. Like God hates the pitcher, you know. <laughs> right. Like, Thanking God for giving me a home mm-hmm. run, but yeah, what about the pitcher? He's just like pissed off at him. It, you know, it, it, Taylor and I had this conversation last night that, uh, you know, just prayer in general, mm-hmm. and and I, you know, I have a different view on it. I think prayer is a form of meditation. Mm-hmm that it can bring you closer to whatever spirit or guidance you have. Sure. But what I call prayer is a petition. Mm-hmm. You know, like little Jimmy's got cancer and you pray for him and you pray for him and you pray for him. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to reconcile a all-knowing, omnip- omnipotent mm-hmm. um, being. being with a plan because you always hear about God's plan. Right. And he's waiting for my input to adjust that plan accordingly. Yeah. So little Jimmy, I'm going to cure little, you know, like I got this guy up there and he's going to say, you know what? I was going to let little Jimmy. He's kind of tossing a coin. I was going to let little Jimmy die of cancer. (laughs) Yeah. But Chuck said no. (laughs) Right. Well, if you're cutting my break, then you got to just say, God's kind of being a dick. Oh, Chuck, you know you're going I mean? to hell. We're going to lose more listeners. No, I'm just between saying. The, between the Trump supporters and the Christians. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I, I love Christians. I believe that. And and that's the one reason I, I, I like going to church is that you could say there's, you know, and I've always said this. If you want to you want to find the biggest group of hypocrites going to a church on Sunday. But that being said. And you're, you're, you know, you're getting, you're, you're getting into your fifties. You, you need to start cramming for your final yeah, exam. <laughs> no, but the church that, I, that we went to, Timmy, uh-huh. there were so many people that were truly, truly, truly role models for, I guess, Christians mm-hmm. or how to be human beings. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's why I really made it a point to make sure the boys went to church, that they were around these people. Because whether the Bible or that is true or not, you know, my beliefs on it, it didn't really matter because I believe that by being around these people, mm-hmm. this certain group of people in the church, it made the boys better people. 
because yeah. it taught them to care about other people. It and them and to... I tell you what, I work, I you know, I worked in social work my, most of my life, so I worked with a lot of like volunteers. Mm-hmm. And really, the people you could really count on are people who are active in church. I mean, they show yeah. up where other people might not show up. And, and I'm not saying that's all all cases, but. Um, there are people who are very sincere and dedicated. No, and, no I think the greater part. I think mm-hmm. the, when you go into a church on Sunday, I think the greater part. But I also think that there is this twenty uh, percent of the church. What's in it for me? Well, <laughs> no, you have about me and me and Steve, my friend Stephen mm-hmm. used to say, you know, we are we are the we are in the part of the group that the, our wives make us come. Right. You know? <laughs> right. But there's this twenty percent of the church who are. You know, nobody's perfect, but they are—they are truly role models right. for how right. you should um, live, how you should live your life. life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that rant—I hope it did not come across as anti-Christian. There are people who are Christ-like, um, yes. Well, they are—they are people who, when you, are just good people. You cannot raise—you know—I I have three—I have four kids. It's always been important to me how my kids turned out, mm-hmm. and you cannot raise kids on your own. Right. And it, they say it takes a village. Mm-hmm. And I wanted my kids to be around these people because mm-hmm. these were the people who, when someone was sick, they were showing up at the house to mop their right. floors. They right. were doing this. They were doing that. And they weren't doing it to to brag about it, to say what a great right. person. They were doing it because they felt it was a thing to do. That's right. what you did. And I wanted my kids around these kind of right. people. As role models. So, you know, that story... It just happened to catch me at a bad time, but you know, sure. I, I, I have a, I have a hard time with prayer, Timmy. All right, well, unless I'm well, in traffic. Well, we're going to hope that our audience listeners can help you with that, and they can S- pray. Say for a you. prayer for me. Thoughts and prayers. All right. So back to Bruce Pardo, and I'm going to try not to call him Don Pardo. Bruce Pardo was an usher at the uh, Holy Redeemer Catholic Church, a few blocks from his house. Uh, at first, when he got married to his wife, uh, he was drawn uh, by, his, uh, by her family. Uh, they were warm and welcoming. Uh, but after the first year of marriage, uh, she told her friends that he had become uh, cold, miserly, and distant. They often argued about money. At the same time, Pardo's mother had gro- uh, grown quite fond of Sylvia and her children, so she confided into her new daughter-in-law that uh, Bruce had a severely disabled son that he claimed as a tax deduction but did not support. <laughs> so this is, this is uh, young Matthew who fell in the pool. Uh, she, she told uh, her, uh, her new daughter-in-law about this, and her daughter-in-law did not uh, like that. Uh, she confronted uh, Bruce about it. He became defensive. And uh, Sylvia told him that he needed to step up and take responsibility for his son, not only financial responsibility, but he needed to uh, visit his son, uh, you know, in the institution his son was living in. And uh, Bruce did not like that. He said it was none of her business and he would have no, he would not discuss it. The couple then began to fight more frequently, often due to uh, Bruce's just nasty demeanor he began to withdraw and spend less and less time with his new family 
Um, Sylvia suggested that the couple seek marriage counseling, but par, uh, Bruce uh, refused to even discuss it. And the couple separated, unfortunately, on March 7th, 2008. Um, Sylvia asked Bruce if she could stay in the home while her daughter finished the last few months of kindergarten. Uh, but Bruce would not allow it. And it's March. The kid's going to be out of school in yeah. a couple of months. Uh, he took all of her, uh, his wife's belongings and his, her children's belongings and th- threw them out on the driveway while uh, Sylvia was at her niece's birthday party. So he was a bit of a dick. Yeah, he sounds her. like he's kind of a douche. Yeah. She filed for divorce. Sylvia filed for divorce and moved in with her sister uh, in Glendale, California. In April of 2008, uh, Bruce hired an attorney by the name of Stanley Silver uh, to represent him. Um, although he, is, he told his attorney he really wanted rec- to reconcile with uh, his wife. Um, so the lawyer reached out to Sylvia's lawyer, uh, but uh, once it was discussed, Sylvia says, uh, no thanks. Uh, her mind was made up. She wanted to go along, uh, continue with the divorce. So he's trying to kind of patch things up, but uh, she says, you know, you throw, you throw my shit out in the, in the <laughs> yeah. driveway when I'm at a uh, yeah. birthday, niece's don't birthday party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't visit your son, disabled <laughs> son. You're not, you claim him as a tax deduction. Anyway, she says, you know, I'm, I'm t- time, for, time to turn the page. So um, Pardo's brother, who uh, spent some time with him at times, said he Seemed depressed, but otherwise, a little depressed, but otherwise he thought he accepted the breakup pretty well. Um, at around the same time, Bruce left his job at, the, uh, at JPL, where he was working as a software engineer, uh, and he took another job at a uh, defense contractor in Van Nuys, California, ITT Radar Systems, and he was earning uh, 122,000 a year. Sylvia was only earning 31,000 a year um, as an administrative assistant. She worked for his little flower company, um, florist. On June 18th, 2008, a Burbank judge ordered Bruce to pay $1,785 a month in spousal support oh. until. Um, until the divorce was final. That would not fly with me, Timmy. Well, yeah, he didn't like it either. His first check to Sylvia bounced, and uh, he stopped payment on the second check. So, He's uh, kind of a ballsy, man. <laughs> he <laughs> he stopped payment on the check? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His first one bounced, and then the second one he stopped payment on. Uh, by then, though, uh, Bruce had launched a plan. He came up with a plan to... To change, uh, change the situation. Uh, on June 13th, 2008, he had driven to Burbank and walked into a store called Gun World. <laughs> you can see where this is going. <laughs> he goes to Gun World, a small shop, uh, and a gun, small gun shop, and paid $999 cash. And you're probably better with this than. Meet Colonel, but he bought a nine millimeter handgun, a six hour. A six hour, which for and what what was the date on this, Timmy? Two thousand and eight. 
2008. Now, let me tell you what was happening in 2008, Timmy. Okay. This is right at... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The financial, it know, was, right, right at the beginning of the financial what, crisis. What month was it? This was June. June 2008, so... We're going into the election of 2000. Getting close to the, uh, yeah, you're getting close to the financial uh, crisis. And let me tell you, th- this Great is recession. a funny thing. Here's, here's the counterintuitive. But you know who hate hates the fact that Trump won this election? Who's that? Gun manufacturers. Oh, because everyone bought guns because they were feared of the Second right, uh, Second Amendment yeah, rights. Yeah, everybody. Oh, I see. Gun manufacturers, the NRA has used this. And, and I, you know me. I, I shoot more. I shoot out more bullets than anybody mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I spend more time at the range than, hell, most people that I know of. Um, and I own a whole arsenal of guns. But the NRA, what you know, what they are is they they're an organization that tries to sell guns. Right. They they don't give a rat's dick about your Second Amendment rights. What they do is they they care about how Ruga is doing and how Beretta is doing. So anyway. So when the when when people are afraid that their Second Amendment rights might be and, and limited, they will tell you go and go and. Any gun shop at any time during Obama's thing, and they would tell you, he's he's they're gonna ban these anytime. You better grab them while you can. Right, right. Well, now you got Trump in office, and they can't say that anymore. And a Sig Sauer nine millimeter, he should not have paid more than seven hundred dollars at the most for that gun. Yeah, it's a nice gun. Yeah, but back then, not a thousand dollars. And what the NRA has done is artificially driven up prices, prices of guns. Yeah. But it's a very nice gun. Yeah. Um, so he buys this gun, this nine millimeter handgun on June thirteenth, two thousand eight. On July thirty first, a month later, um, he was fired from his job for billing fraudulent hours. Well that's some of a bitch. Hundred and twenty two thousand dollars a year. So he uh, applied for unemployment compensation, uh, but because he had been fired with for cause he was not eligible, and his application was denied. And this, so then he starts looking for a job, and this is like right when the financial crisis hit. Oh yeah, this ain't the best time. No, to go it's probably the worst time to look for a job. If you're gonna go out and buy a gun, it's better be to rob a bank by this time. <laughs> um, the California laws, and probably still do at the time, and probably still do, limited sales of concealable firearms to one 
per customer every 30 days. So he waited until September. He he bought a, a second gun, and then in October he bought a third gun, and in November he bought a fourth gun. So he's going every 30 days to buy another gun. And he bought the same guns. Yes, he was yes. actually he bought the same model Sig Sauer. Uh-huh. And I, you know, that this is what baffles me about that mm-hmm. is that he, uh, and, and we'll get into this a little bit earlier, but he kept buying the same gun. If you have, if I have a Ruger, mm-hmm. I, I do have a Ruger, a P80. I mm-hmm. got three Rugers, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I have my Ruger P89. Mm-hmm. If I want another Ruger P89, mm-hmm. all I got to do is buy another magazine for the Ruger P89 I got. You know what I mean? Yeah, he kept buying this. He same, kept buying new same ones. Yeah. Just buy new magazines, for Christ's sake. I don't so, know what he was uh, so he was separated. He's unemployed. He's spending his money on guns. He's spending most of his day... Um, just, you know, hanging out, not doing a whole lot, uh, just going out for lunch and hanging around his house. Um, and, um, you know, his lawyers, uh, his lawyers, her lawyers, they're exchanging uh, briefs, uh, you know, on this divorce. Uh, but he spends most of his day just kind of doing nothing. Um, on September 8th, 2008, he called a neighbor, a Jerry Diot, he's a lady, who owned Jerry's Costumes. And he ordered a Santa Claus outfit, saying it was for a children's party. Now, why you would order Santa Claus outfit on September 8th, beyond me, but whatever, he dropped off a $200 deposit uh, and promised to return uh, in November to pick it up. So he's getting, he's beating the holiday rush on the Santa Claus outfit. And he was a big guy, so his, his had to be custom-made. Uh, during August and September, as I said, he applied for jobs in the high-tech industry, but few companies were hiring due to the financial crisis going on. Well, now, he had, because of his financial difficulties, his, his wife took him to court because he's not paying this money and his checks are bouncing. <laughs> his checks are bouncing. Yeah. He's stopping <clears throat> payments. So the judge, the wife drags him back to court, and the judge hearing the divorce case agrees to suspend his support payments. Mm-hmm. So there he catches a little bit of a break, Timmy. Okay. Now, about that time, Steve Irwin, who's an old high school friend of his, called him up. Irwin, his wife and six children, lived in Iowa, and he and Pardo, they hadn't been in touch for a few years. Now, Irwin invited Pardo to Iowa in October to help celebrate Irwin's 45th birthday. Pardo arrives here, and he tells Irwin about the divorce and just says, I've been sitting at home thinking about everything. And he seemed kind of embarrassed that his personal life and his financial life was. Yeah, I mean, at this point, his marriage display. is over. He's lost his job. You know, life yeah. is can't get an can't find another job. He does have a good gun collection, but he does. Um, now he told him that his mother, he and his mother were barely speaking, and she sat with Sylvia's family at the divorce hearings. And Pardo, now, he really seemed to like Irwin's children, and he helped them with their algebra homework, gave them change from his pockets. And when he left town, this is a weird thing, he left seven $1 bills under Irwin's nine-year-old son's pillow. Hmm. So now he's leaving town, he's going back, and he stops by a gun shop in Iowa, and he buys 16, Timmy, 16. 16. Handgun magazines for his Sig Sauer's. Jimmy Christmas. Now, each of these holds 18 rounds. 
And California has a limit that you can only have 10 rounds for a handgun. Well, actually, for anything, it can only hold 10 rounds. Um, and that's one thing that people... And I think that's, you know, not to get too off track here. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that people, you know, gun control people... Our big problem in this country is gun control laws keep... They, they want to... The people pushing gun control measures don't seem to understand anything about guns. Mm-hmm. And when you have... You have the Sig Sauer, and you've got 16 rounds. You've got a Sig Sauer that's holding 18 rounds, Timmy. Mm-hmm. You've got an assault weapon. Mm, it doesn't right. matter. You know, right. when we talk about assault rifles, assault weapons, we always think of the, a- the AR-15s, AK-47s. If you've got five, now think about this. He's got five, he's got 16 magazines. If he just fills up five of them, he's got 90 rounds. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, anybody who spends any time at the range, any time, whatever, you can fire off those, empty out those magazines, fire off those 90 rounds in less than two minutes from a handgun. Mm-hmm. So handguns can be assault weapons, sure, too. It's sure. the magazine. It's the capacity of the magazine. Right. That makes People get caught weapon. up on assault weapons. It, they the, get caught up on what the thing what, looks like. Right, right. I've got a Ruger 1022 at home. It's just a wood stock, looks like, you know, your mm-hmm. old blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I can pump out 100 rounds in less than a minute on the thing. Yeah. You know? And I've it. got a magazine that holds 100 rounds. So anyway, <clears throat> he, he returns to California with all these handgun magazines. And he went to pick up his uh, Santa outfit from... Okay, sure, yeah. sure. Costing yeah. 200 bucks. 200 bucks. Why you wanted to stand out? Now most of the customers rented costumes, but Pardo was six foot four and he was two hundred and seventy five pounds and he big wanted, guy. He wanted it made to order and he specifically asked that it have extra room for said sixteen handgun magazines. <laughs> <laughs> so when he picked up the suit he paid the hundred dollars and tipped her twenty dollars. His plan was starting to come together here, Timmy. Mm-hmm. He had five handguns in a room at home and a DeWalt compressor, a 50-foot hose, and a tank of high-octane fuel in a backyard <laughs> shed. You know, that sounds like a Wiley e. Coyote plan to it me. It does, it does. It was, uh, I wonder if he bought him from Acme. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Days before this Thanksgiving, he sets up his Christmas lights. And a week before Christmas, in a hearing room on the second floor of the Burbank Courthouse, the marriage of Bruce Pardo and Sylvia was officially terminated due to irreconcilable differences, Timmy. Oh, <clears throat> good for her, kind of. He agreed to pay his wife $10,000, and she kept the dog and the engagement ring. Oh, she got Saki. Well, I don't think Saki really wanted to go with Pardo. He don't seem like a dog guy. <laughs> now, the next day, Friday before Christmas, Pardo walked back into a tra- walks into a travel agency to price a plane ticket to visit Irwin's family, <clears throat> the guy he had just seen out in Iowa. He returned to the agency on Monday and paid six fifty cash for a round-trip ticket to Moline, Illinois, okay. the closest airport. He would depart at 12.20 on Christmas Day and return two weeks later. Pardo calls Irwin, says he's planning to visit, and in the week before Christmas, he rented a Dodge Caliber from a budget from budget and a silver Toyota Rav Four from Rent-A-Wreck. Yeah, this is interesting. I'm, I'll let you get into why he did that, but this. So he's rented two cars. Right. 
He packed the Toyota with maps of the southwestern United States and Mexico, water, food, clothing, and a can of gasoline, and, and both a laptop and a desktop computer. On Christmas Eve, he drove the Toyota to Glendale and parked it near the home of Nord, his ex-wife's attorney. I see. Yeah, that's, that's not a good sign. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> he's, he's stalking out the... Uh, he's looking as, for the attorney. He's as ex attorney. Yeah. Not a good sign. Now, investigators theorized that Pardo had planned to drive the Dodge to Nord's house after the Cavina killings. Yeah. Attack Nord, make his escape in the Toyota. Yeah, he had a list um, in addition to the, the attorney, and I think you'll get into this. The, he, they believe he planned to go to his mother's house and kill her. Remember I said she yeah. was close to his ex? Right. Uh, yeah, he was going to do Ed Gein on her. Yeah. Um, except for the... Yeah, he was right. going to he was going to take out the attorney and take out. Might as well take them all down. Yeah, to me. he he had, he had a list. So, at six p.m., Pardo called Irwin and his wife, Michelle. Pardo sounded a little bit down, but he said he'd see him the next day. They promised that they'd get him some warm clothes together, and investigators aren't really sure if he intended to go to Iowa at all. Yeah, but he bought a ticket. He had, yeah. And at and least as far been, as we know, he was It was, was either a backup plan or an attempt to throw authorities off his trail. Right, right. Now, sometime that evening, he used used the devil's the devil powder, cocaine. Oh, my God. Yeah. And later, a trace amount was found in his body. Okay. And later that night, Bong Garcia. Well, you know, if you're going to go, you might as well do a little coke first. Yeah, but... Uh, his his next door neighbor was named Bong Garcia. Bong. Bong. All right. Uh, like the thing you used. To I, smoke yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Now uh, his he real stepped name onto his, his porch with his nephew to smoke a cigarette. Pardo walked by and greeted them, saying he was off to a Christmas party. Garcia noticed that uh, Pardo appeared normal, not angry or anything like that, and he also noticed something odd. His neighbor had left his black Cadillac Escalade and his white Hummer in the driveway and got into a blue Dodge rental wreck parked on the street. Damn, the guy must have, I mean, he, he, lived, he was living pretty well. Yeah, he was doing all right. Living in a, a half a million dollar home. He got, got an Escalade. An Escalade. Yeah. That guy, you know this guy got a tiny dick. To <laughs> yeah, got a tiny probably. dick. He got a Cadillac Escalade. He got a Hummer and five of the same Sig Sauer handguns. And, and he couldn't even you know, can't keep a wife. Can't keep a wife. Checks yeah. bounce. I don't know what's going <laughs> yeah. on with this guy. Can't keep a job. No, got no job. Don't got no job. Got no wife. Got no kind of like Escalade, but so about ten o'clock, Timmy Pardo's younger brother Paul pulls up to the Montrose house. They would arranged to go to a friend's holiday party, but Pardo wasn't home. Now later, Pardo was a no-show at another part thing at the Holy Redeemer Catholic Church, where okay. he signed up to be some bitch signs up to be an usher for midnight mass and doesn't show. Bastard. What kind of heathen philistine some bitch are? You? you know that's a busy night. The, uh, the Catholics. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest midnight thing mass is a big thing. That's like Black Friday for them. I'm telling you. So now, I, dude, I had a friend named. Uh, I don't want to give it, his first name was Eddie, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to give his last name because he he might kill me. But uh, he, he was like in the neighborhood. I mean, he was a kid. It was you know. He, by the time he was like twelve, he had tattoos all over yeah, his body. Yeah, you told me about him. He's yeah. badass. Well, I had a cat. My I, I had a girlfriend who was Catholic, and um, we we're hanging out Christmas Eve. You know, he always drink wine. He drink his old uh, wild Irish rose. Oh God! 
a, guy, a rock guy, guy, right? And um, so he wanted me to go hang out with him. And I said, I can't, Eddie. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to church. And he said, what the hell are you talking about going to church? It's 10 o'clock. And I said, well, you know, it's Christmas Eve. It's midnight mass. You know, I'm going with my mm-hmm. girlfriend or family. So, um, and he said, they have church at midnight? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, I go home. I get ready, whatever. I meet her family. So we're sitting in the pews, right? I'm not Catholic, but I'm just there because I'm dating her. And her family is there. It's a big, it's a big deal, you know, uh, midnight mass. In the middle of mass, or they're lining up to do to take communion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't do that, of course, because I'm not Catholic. So right. I'm just sitting there. I look in line, and there's Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> he has his shirt off. This is December twenty fourth. He's there, bare chested, his t shirt in his belt loop. Mm-hmm. So he. <laughs> Walks up, and he takes communion. He crosses himself. Mm-hmm. Now, in the meantime, I'm sliding down in the pew because I don't want him to see me, right? Because yeah. I don't want him coming over and embarrass me in front of, mm-hmm. you know, in, with her, my girlfriend's parents. Yeah. So he takes communion. He sits down, and, you know, he he does the whole, you know, he's like uh, raising his hand when they're praying and stuff. I mean, he's, he's putting all, all these, you know, just going through mm-hmm. all the whole act. So finally he leaves, and I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking, how am I not going to run into him when I leave? Because I don't want her parents see me associated with this guy, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? But he leaves, and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, th- thank God, mass is over. So we're walking out, and people are leaving, and nobody's cars are starting. <laughs> <laughs> this is a day, back in the day where you could steal batteries. Mm-hmm. He had stolen 14 batteries. <laughs> <laughs> Mass. My friend Eddie, oh, my God. That was awful. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Colonel. Well, it, it, uh, I'll tell you just a really quick story about communion that Renee embarrassed the family finally. Mm-hmm. Is that at, at Grace, we started going to a Lutheran church when we first got married because she was Catholic. I was a Philistine heathen. and. Mm-hmm. So the Lutheran Church was the closest that we could come to. It's just very similar to Catholic. And you have communion. They do it a certain way, and um, you, you know, do whatever. And the kids did not take communion until they were um, went through their confirmation. And we switched and went to a Methodist church. Mm-hmm. And... There was a difference in the way they do communion. They have the bottle. Well, we get up to do communion, and they do it in two parts of the church, one at the altar and one halfway through the church, you know, mm-hmm. to do it more quickly. Right. And they have the little cracker that they give you, and they have the little, they have these little tiny cups, mm-hmm. you know, that you, mm-hmm. you know, when you take communion in a Catholic or a Lutheran church, what you do is you go to the altar, you kneel down, the priest comes up, he puts a thing on your tongue, just like a Catholic church, and he holds the cup of wine to mm. your lips, and you take mm. a little drink of it. And it's real wine. I mean, mm-hmm. you get a kick of it right. in the morning. Well, Renee, they don't do that at the Methodist church. They got those silver trays with the little tiny plastic cups that uh-huh. are filled with grape juice. Renee's the first one up there. She just grabs a bottle and takes a chug out of it, just like you would at the <laughs> Lutheran church, because... Uh-huh. He's holding it. the The man's the pre, the the pastor's holding it, uh-huh. 
and he's holding it to fill it up. Or, you know, it's she just really a, symbolic. She takes a swig. Renee just grabs it and pulls his hands over and takes a, takes a swig of it, and the guy's like, what you doing? They hand because, <laughs> this, stuff's, this stuff's expensive. Yeah, because Logan, and no, and then Logan is next in line because the kids were in the Lutheran church, they will bless the children, but they didn't take communion. Uh-huh. Well, they hand Logan a cracker. Mm-hmm. Logan doesn't know what to do with the cracker, uh-huh. so he just throws it down into the thing of juice that the pastor's holding. <laughs> and I'm like, I think we need to we need to get some lessons on being Methodist here. This seemed like it was going to be easy, but it was our first time at a. Me- we were actually visiting a Methodist uh, church with our friends. Gotcha. And, uh, so anyway, Pardo was supposed to be an usher that night. Yeah, he didn't uh, Christmas show Eve up. night, yeah, at midnight mass. He didn't show, obviously. Yeah. Now at eleven thirty Pacific Standard Time, Bruce Jeffrey Pardo, dressed in a Santa Claus suit, knocked on the door of his former in-laws' house. There's, it's occupied by about thirteen people for this party. Okay, thirteen people. They're having a Christmas party, family Christmas party. Yeah. Yeah, and guess what Santa Claus brought him, Timmy? What did he bring? A gift wrap package containing a homemade flamethrower on one hand. <laughs> oh, this is not good. And a 9 millimeter semi-automatic handgun in the other hand. Uh, he also had three additional 9 millimeter semi-automatic handguns on his possession. Uh, this when is the not door good. opened, Pedro fired the handgun at 8-year-old Letica. Oh, that's a shame. The eight year, I'm sorry, at the 8-year-old daughter of Letica. A sister of Sylvia Pardo, so it was his ne- niece. Yeah, and she, as, she, as now as the girl now this is it. She was running to greet him, Timmy. I know. She opened the door, saw Santa, and he shot her in the face. Yeah. Now she actually she was one of the ones that survived. survived. One of the you know what this like, Timmy? Huh? It's like having Dick Cheney at your house for Christmas. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. open the door, get shot. That poor face. little girl. But she I, did. She did survive. There was three she people survived. Survive. She was one of them. Thank goodness. So then he just starts firing willy-nilly and indiscriminately at fleeing party-goers. That's when they realized, yeah. okay, this party's over. This it's, ceases to be fun. I, you know, I don't want to complain, but this party kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah I, I'm not a, it's just merely a flesh wound, but I'm still going home. Yeah, yeah, so, this is scary stuff. But the police speculate the Pardo may have stood over and pointedly executed some of his victims using the handguns. Ugh. After the shooting, Wally Coyote Pardo here unwrapped the package containing the homemade flamethrower. That's what he had that compressor and right. that gas for. Right. And used it to spray racing fuel gasoline to set the home ablaze. And if you know Ugh. what racing fuel gasoline is, Timmy... It's unbelievably flammable. I mean, gasoline's flammable, yeah. but not nearly like racing gasoline. Nine people died from either gunfire or flames. Oh, man. And three others were wounded. God, what a nightmare. Christmas Eve, you're having a Christmas party, and this yeah. psycho comes in. Dressed like Santa Claus. Dressed like Santa, sake. starts shooting everyone up, and then he opens up his flamethrower. A flamethrower. I mean, Jeez. this is. You got to give the guy props for being prepared for some yeah. kind of mass shooting, but. This Jesus is like that Christ. Easter thing. Yeah, this is not good. Uh, now, know. the eight-year-old girl was shot in the face. She had severe but not life-threatening injuries. A 16-year-old girl shot and wounded in the back. And a 20-year-old woman who suffered a broken ankle jumped out a window. Okay? Ugh. But the dead included Sylvia, his ex-wife, mm-hmm. um, Sylvia's mother, 
Um, Joseph. That's a song by wasn't that a song by uh, Doctor Hook, Sylvia's mother. Might have been. Might have been. Timmy. Like he killed nine people. Joseph Ortega, Sylvia's father-in-law, gunshot wound. Um, Charles Ortega, Sylvia's brother. Sherry Lynn Ortega, Charles's wife. Um, most of them died from gunshot wounds. James Ortega, Teresa Ortega, the Sylvia's brother, James's wife. Um, Alicia uh, Ortiz, uh, Sylvia's sister. Wow, poor Michael family. Ortiz, he was only 17 years old. Um, mm. He died in a fire. Nine so he, he shoots up. Three other people get injured, including the little eight-year-old girl who, you know, answered the door. She survived. So the, so 12 people, nine are killed either by being shot or they caught on fire when he threw the Every, Only one actually died because of the fire. Most of them died from gunshot wounds, and a couple of them died as a combination of the gunshot. Two of them died as a combination of gunshot wounds and fire. They might have survived the gunshot wounds, but they didn't survive. Michael Ortiz did not get shot at all, but he died in a fire. Mm. Um, Now, three people escaped, the 16-year-old girl um, and an older woman who jumped out the second floor and broke her leg. She called the authorities during the attack after escaping to a neighbor's house. Now, the resulting fire soared approximately 40 to 50 feet in the air. Wow. Timmy. Quite and a took an blaze. hour and a half to extinguish. Due to the intensity of the fire, identifications of the victims had been done by referencing dental and medical records. Because oh. that, that racing fuel burns hot. Yeah, so even the ones high. who were shot and killed... They didn't the, have a chance. No, and, and their bodies were charred. Yeah, they had yeah. to identify them by medical Ugh, records. What a nightmare. Uh, but while firing the flamethrower, Pardo accidentally caught his Santa suit on fire. <laughs> he, he That's running. justice for it. it. That's Colonel Justice. That it's, you know what? It, just to see flaming Santa running through the yard. Santa's on fire. He uh, after probably he, shocked the kids in the neighborhood, though. Like, well, see, Mama, Santa's on yeah. fire. Well, you this know what? If Santa got to hit every house in the world, yeah. He got to go faster than the speed yeah. of light, so he's gonna catch some flame yeah. now and again. Oh my God! So he he, he catches himself on fire. Catches the Santa himself suit. On fire. Obviously, the Santa suit was flammable. Yeah, it was not. He did not get the racing flame retardant. Should have paid three hundred dollars and <laughs> exactly. got the better suit. Um, but after the attack, he put on street clothes and drove his Dodge Caliber rental car to his brother's house in Somar, fifty or about thirty miles away from the crime scene. It's believed his original plan was to escape by flying to Iowa right, uh, to meet his friend. To, right, because he had the tickets, right? But he had third-degree burns on his arms stemming from the blaze, and he decided to go against the initial plan. He was later found at his brother's home. He was dead from a self-inflicted gunshot. One fucking coward. He should have faced the music on that. You know, all these, uh, that's what, it, all of these uh, mass shooters, that mm-hmm. sh- murder suicides, that's when we do those, they're all a little bit um, unsatisfying because they never, I mean, you know, they they never face justice and you never get, you know, the whole story really. I mean, because you don't. You don't get to hear what yeah. was going through their mind. You yeah. know what, you know, Colonel Justice, I was thinking for him. Mm-hmm. Colonel Justice would have been to take one of his handguns, uh-huh. just one bullet, Timmy, all right. you need, and uh, 
shove it up his rear end, his Santa Claus ass, mm-hmm. fire off one round, so it cripple him, mm-hmm. mess up his spine real good. He got a shit in a bag for the rest of his life, in mm-hmm. a wheelchair, mm-hmm. in prison, and and maybe maybe chop off his arms. Okay, yeah, that would be fair. Yeah, I mean, if you're not gonna. Because death, but, uh, yeah, instant death is too good for some bitch like this. He yeah, should live a life of suffering. Yeah, you and it's confusing tongue. because, I mean, what what was, I mean, if he flew to Iowa, what did he think that was going to do? You know, did, they, did they think he could attract him down in Iowa? I, I'm not really sure that he was. Now, here's what's funny. He had $17,000 in cash on him, uh, saran wrapped to his legs inside a girdle. <laughs> um, inside of a girdle? Yeah. And he had still had... He still had four of the 13-round capacity, or these, you know, handguns. Yeah, because yeah, the plan the was, well, you're going to get into that, I think. But the police thought he was planning on doing. They they thought he was going to switch cars. Mm-hmm. What they believed is he had planned to kill his wife's attorney. Right. His ex-wife's attorney planned to kill his own mother after the massacre at Sylvia's home. Mm-hmm. Because she, of her sympathy she, for Sylvia. Yeah, because she, she, she was close to his ex-wife. Yeah, now the killings became known as the Covina Massacre as they occurred in Covina, California, a suburb of Los Angeles. Polystyrene, the the lead singer of X-Ray Specs, recorded a song in 2010 called Black Christmas, which contains references to the massacre. The Boombox Poets recorded a song in 2010 called Santa Syndrome, which is loosely based on references to the massacre and also on their own lives. In the 2012 film Silent Night, a character tells the story of a man who donned a Santa suit and used a homemade flamethrower to attack a Christmas party being attended by his ex-wife. Oh, what was the name of that? Silent Night? I've heard of that. Silent Night. I've heard of that. Yeah. I, oh, uh, okay. So they kind of loosely based that on this story. Yeah. You know, the difference between him is that he... Uh, well, you know, he's like that. He's peculiar, but he wasn't like all the rest he of He had no prior records. Yeah. I mean, you know, he got in trouble for false, you know, falsifying his billing. But, I mean, he, he had... And he, he bounced a check or two, but he had no cr- prior right. criminal record. Yeah. He'd done pranks and stuff, but he had not done anything uh, that, you know, he was never arrested for assault or anything like that. He just... Um, just uh, lost it, apparently, and just flipped out. Uh, Colonel, your final thoughts on the flamethrowing Santa mass murderer Bruce Pardo. You know, it would be funny if he didn't kill so many people, but it would, you know, because he caught himself on fire. Yeah. You can't fuck with that racing fuel and think that well, it's Well, even, gonna... I mean, and, and you would think he probably didn't know what the hell he was doing with a flamethrower either. I mean, you would think that yeah. that's something that there's a certain set that you have to have. I would think so, yeah. Uh, you can't just light a Zippo. And right, it, right. It, you've taken hairspray and caught right, it on right, fire sure. and shot flames. Yeah. So apparently uh, he needed a little bit more practice on that, but what a what a psycho. And that hasn't been that long ago. No, I mean, it hasn't it was eight been years, And I was surprised ago. I had not heard anything I had not. That. I had not. I was not familiar with it. Someone or some of our folks out in California, some of our listeners out there had been familiar with it. Yeah, as you said, it was called the, what, Covina? Covina Massacre. Massacre. Wow. Okay, Colonel, you have any shout-outs for us? I got a ton of shout-outs, well, Let's give them, give them to me. Give them to me. Okay, well, I got, of course, our lead shout-out every week. 
the lovely Tasha, the who lovely uh, Tasha. who showed up on her page. We we she haven't did. we haven't heard from her for a while, but she showed up on her page. Tasha, we're thinking about you, and uh, we're glad you're back. Tasha, we always love to see you. We love to see that beautiful face. She is a beautiful thing. young lady. Jeff Girdley, of course. Um, Jeff, yes. Rebecca Montanley. Jennifer Rebecca. Hawkins. Yes, Jennifer. Tara Nee. Tara. Uh, Tara Nee, and I never could get her name not even close, so I just call it Tara Nee. All right. Um, Eddie Rushing. Eddie. Um, Jason Dykes, of course. Um, Amy Carol Payne. Of course, Tyra Jenkins. Tyra, yes, she's been active on our page lately. Thank you, Tyra. We appreciate that. Um, Annette Petrie. Yes. Christy Montana. Marion Barber. Jennifer Potts. Hey, Jennifer. Have, huh? I just said hi, Jennifer. Oh, okay. Cindy Overstreet Hamilton, how you doing? Mike Pimpilli. Mike Arnold. Uh, let's see. Melissa Lebrano and Brittany Powell. Maggie Glover. Jeff, I got you here now, Jeff. Jeff Hopkins. Hey, Jeff. Radika Smith, of course. Jessica Bishop. Jessica, somehow I've been missing you. I apologize for that. Somebody else I've been missing, and you know I didn't mean to miss you, is Marvin. Marvin, down under, down there in Australia. Never How meant to miss you, Marvin. Marvin is right. He's been with us so a long time. Let this uh, shout-out be, yeah. be my we, we will never forget you again, Marvin. Um. Let's see, we got M, M, Little Emmy, Waterfall. M, how's it going? M, uh, you know, she speaks German, mm-hmm. and she studied, She read uh, the book on uh, the White Rose Society. Oh, did she? And said she was going. She was afraid to listen to her podcast <laughs> that we butcher it, I guess. Yeah. And I said, well, we, we kind of treated it seriously. We didn't mm-hmm. mess around too much, but I said that uh, she could critique your German so um, she she was going to listen to that and then critique well, I your German. Appreciate that. Em's a smart girl. She is. Susan Maxwell Angles, of course. Yes, Susan. Um, let's see who we got. We got. Uh, let's see. We got Sam Hildebrand. Sam. We all. We got Jennifer and Linda. The yes. Da- the the dastardly duo. Yes, mother um, and daughter. Mother and daughter, they're, they're funny. You family. know what? They would have been great if they were like a wrestling, female wrestlers, and they were a mom-daughter tag team. Wouldn't that be cool? Hey, you know, I just think it would be fun. I, I I would like to go to their house for Christmas. Yeah. Because, if they know, invite us, we could. If, yeah, I mean, Christmas, because you know Linda going to be drinking. Jennifer probably going to be <laughs> having a good don't know that. Too. Oh, you do. And you know those people are just fun. You know, they're, they're fun, <laughs> fun people. Um, Missy Dean Horton, of course, Britt and Chris, um, Celine, uh, the guy down who does the Lord's work, and he's a Broncos fan, Jeff Chestnut. A great guy, this, uh, uh, teaches uh, at a medical school down in Dominica, mm-hmm. very smart guy, intelligent man, yeah, and uh, doing the Lord's a, work. Send him a PM with some of my symptoms to see if he could <laughs> diagnose what I got. Um, Tommy Boomashai. What if he can prescribe the oxys? We give shout outs for Oxy. We'll give you extra shout outs yes. for per- Percocet. Yes. Tommy, I used to, I always call him Tommy Boom Boom, but I'm going to go with Tommy Boomashine. All right. Yeah, his real call name. Him by his whole name, Tommy Boomashine. Mm-hmm. And Tommy, you know, we love to see you on the page. We do. Shonda and Larry, of course. 
Yes, um, doing the Lord's work out there. Down, you know, they're always uh, they're helping the folks in North Dakota. They're helping the folks yeah. in Tennessee. Always doing the Lord's work. Phyllis Munson, and we got Clark and Diane Trowbridge. Mm-hmm. Um, Donna Curran, of course, and that wonderful dog of hers. Aaron Wentz. Um, Brian and Lisa Lawton, Timmy. Great, and, and great Brooklyn. couple. Yeah. Olivia Meyer. You know, when I'm doing this, I'm, I, I remind myself of um, Donald Trump. Terrific yeah. people. Great people. Big league. Big league. Big league. Big league. Yeah. Just terrific people. Um, but Bridget, they really I'm not just saying that. And, and Bridget, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you a shout out here because everybody, and I, I, I'm, I, when people join the page, Timmy, it's, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's creeping. I like to find out who, who just who people are. A little well, bit I like about to see if they're interactive. I, I like to see uh, if they're attractive or not. I just go to their I don't look at the guys because the guys are not usually not very attractive. But well, the women are always we, attractive. Well, we got some handsome men on our page. I'm just hoping to find Denny some. Denny McNamara is a handsome man. I'm open to find some bikini shots when I'm creeping people's pages. <laughs> well, I, no, I, I, I primarily go to see where they're from. Right. And to try to just see if it, from their page. Oh, you, come on. You're looking you for doing? bikini shots, too. Uh, there was one to show up, but yeah. I would not complain. I see. But anyway, um, where the hell was I even going with this? You got me. You got me all. I'm sorry, you can't do your job. That's I know. I, I I don't know what what I was what I was even going to say about. I this don't know. But I wish you'd hurry up because I like to go home sometime. Okay. Right? Well, Byron Snellings, how you doing? The Reverend Byron. Snellings. The Reverend Byron. Snellings. A real Reverend. And Reverend Reverend Snellings, I I'm going to make it a public apology. I said I accused him. I sullied his good name by saying he was on Team Devil. Mm-hmm. He is not on Team Devil. He has not committed himself to any team. So I, 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 let me make this public apology to you for associating you with such a vile creature. Oh, I see. Denny McNamara. Denny from the Cincinnati area. From the Cincinnati area. William Truax. William. Amber Peanut Butter Pie Crew. Amber. Um, let's see who we got here. Uh, Amber. Jenny Sp- Blaine, Gina Spillane, Gina Spillane. Yes, Gina. And, hold on, I'm going through my list here to make sure I don't find, Trixie, of course. Crazy Trixie. Yeah. And, the, and Trixie <clears throat> is more left than you are. Is, yes, she. Yeah. I like Trixie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, she's, a, she's a radical. Speaking of somebody who I'm, I'm pretty sure is pretty far left is the lovely Katja. Well, we don't know that, but uh, we, you uh, know. She comes from a so- socialist country. I, she I, does. She's probably on She's right probably progressive, path. and she's probably quite lovely. Right. Quite lovely lady. And smart. Very smart. Stephanie Quick, of course. Stephanie, out there in uh, the San Francisco area. And uh, we share a birthday. Yes. Bond. Gene Bond. Gene Bond, of course. Um, Gabby Lewis. Gabby. Laura O'Reilly. Hi, Laura. Jamie Tarantino. Yeah, good day, Jamie. Jamie, what's, uh, Jamie. Uh, oh, Jamie also shares my birthday, May 9th. Oh, Jamie does? Yes, okay. yes, that's because I remember I was going to mention that. Sydney Michael. Sydney Michael. Sydney and Michael, of course. Uh, of course, Sydney Saint and uh, Michael Bursaw. How you guys doing out there in California? They probably yeah. know about this story, I bet. Tara, of course, Lydia. Brandy McBride, Maggie Glover, did we get her? Jeff Appel. Now, Jeff Appel said I always get his name right, and the reason I get his name right 
is because, you know, I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, and Mike Appel was his first manager. Ah, okay. So I know how to pronounce that properly. Christine Bourgeois. Oh, I love her last name. Mary Ray. Mary Ray in New York. Hey, Katie. Morehead. Oh, there you go. Come on, Katie. Juvenile. Katie, I'm gonna send you an. I'm gonna send you a gift this Christmas just oh, because God. you you let me. Uh, Katie, Katie just takes it so much in striding, and Katie is a very. Uh, oh, what would you say about Katie? Katie's a very. Um, like I said, I look at people's pages. Right. Katie is Creep. very um, proper. Yes. Very fine young lady. Yes. Um, very fine young lady. So let's get to the Colonel's crew here, Timmy. Okay. The Colonel Squad. The misguided folks. Yeah, misguided. Um, and I'm not sure. Marvin said he was in the Colonel crew, but I don't believe him. I think he's on Team Delaware. <laughs> he wants a damn shout out. He, yeah, he just about wanted it. a shout out. But Marvin, you got your shout out. We're not going to forget you, Marvin. Um, no, we enjoy you interacting yes, on the page, do. Marvin. Um, Angie Ball. Um, my, my two close associates, Nicola. Your attorney Nicola at law. And Ali, my enforcer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, Ali, Ali just blows me away. I just, Ali's, I, I have my cousin come here today. You know that, Timmy. Yes. Or, it's not my cousin, it's my cousin's wife. Right. And this is how I imagine Ali to be. Okay. Every time, my, my cousin is Lisa, mm-hmm. and she comes down, and the reason she was coming down was to pick up a gift certificate. Mm-hmm that I had bought for a charity that she's given away to um, foster children, mm-hmm. these gift cards for foster children. And she's relentless. You know, you just have to, if she gets on a cause, she, you're going to have to give to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Timmy, she's one of those girls that when you see her, you just grab her and hug her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just that kind of girl. She, Adorable. You, you just got to hug her. And Allie reminds me of somebody that you just have to hug. Yes. Um so, Allie, of course, from the Insight Podcast. Now, Charlie reminds me a lot of the devil that if you hug Charlie and got in her personal space, she might punch you in the throat. You know what? She left me a very nice note. Oh, did she? She did. She said that uh, she felt that the uh, our, uh, Charlie did, that our um, Huey Long podcast was, we, we found our voice. She said that she thought that we were, uh, it was really good. So thank oh, you, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. Very nice. Sarah, little Sarah Spaghetti, Sarah Bamosa. And she's 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 an adorable. And you know what? I say this, Timmy. Mm-hmm. She's 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 not nineteen years old. I keep saying a beautiful young lady. She's so I'm sorry, I don't well, mean she to sound to be condescending. Young. She has to be younger than you. Well yeah, but I mean I, I'm afraid uh-huh. I'm coming across as condescending or something. I don't want to be that. Jennifer Burdick and Burdick, another beautiful girl. Oh, she is beautiful, yes. Um Lovely woman here, Karen Barnes. Karen, my it, she's it, my Twitter friend. Now tell me, here's where we're gonna go. Here's where we're gonna get with this, Timmy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna run down a list of names here. Okay. And I want you to tell me which one on this list is not beautiful. Okay. I okay? can't do that because no, seriously, seriously, right. think about this. I, 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 I'm with you. I'm, I'm saying I can't. Janet Fitzgerald, beautiful young uh, lady. Frances Doughton. Beautiful Irish lass. Yeah. Jessica Williams. Be- beautiful Chicago lass. Amanda Bocce Ball. Amanda's very beautiful. Shannon. Oh, Shannon's lovely. Yeah. And I really like Shannon because she does the Lord's work as well. She does. Working with the, uh, Amnesty International 
keep up fighting the good fight, uh, Shannon. Tiffany. Oh, Tiffany Bell. Tiffany Bell. I mean, uh, I think they're are, all beautiful women. No, I'm not. We're not joking here. We're running down to this. I wish I had uh, as many beautiful. My friend Sherry is very beautiful. I wish I had as many beautiful women in my real life as I have <laughs> friends <laughs> on this page. Angela Cobes. Uh, uh, Angela. It's another lovely lady. Lydia. Lydia. Elise. Uh, uh, oh, Elise is a doll baby. Yeah. yeah, she's down there in Arkansas in Ozarks. Mm-hmm. Very lovely young lady. Kate McCarthy. Kate. Hi, Kate. Kate is a lovely lady. Yeah, and um, we've almost wrapped up Teen Colonel here, but we can't without, and here's another one, the lovely, the beautiful Fallon. Oh, Fallon, yeah. Why did we think she was from Ireland? I don't know. <laughs> I it's think a, I said it's that It's an one. Irish name. Uh, but it's she is. She's, she's a lot of fun. Did I say Kate McCarthy? Yes. Did you say Chris and uh, Brittany? Yeah, I got Chris okay. and Brittany all in right. there. And now, I ain't going now. This one ain't beautiful at all. And actually, he ain't even... Molly attractive. He ain't, he ain't... I ain't the least bit attracted to him, but Scotty J. Yeah, Scotty J. Right he, he is a very loyal um, listener. He's been with us almost from since the beginning. Yeah, so... Um, but that's, that's a shout-out. But yeah, it does strike you, Timmy, that you go down this list... And you're not flattering people. You're not no, making no, it no. Up. We don't make it up. These are truly studied. Yeah, women. I know. I and, know. Believe me. I. And I they listened to us. I, don't know. I know. And but you know, like uh, it, it's a good thing because uh, it's nice to know attractive people, even if you don't get to see them in real life. It's nice to know um, that you get to see how the other half live. Well, it is nice to know, and you know, sometimes I'll just say, "Hey, that's my friend from the internet." You know, that's mm-hmm. that's. Sometimes I'll pick out like Janice Fitzgerald or whatever. I'll say, "Oh, you know, that's my friend." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, you, don't, you, know, you don't have to explain. Yeah, yeah. I don't explain anything. People yeah. think we're friends. Draw your like, own conclusion. Oh, he's friends with this beautiful it, redheaded woman right, right. on the internet. Right. But yeah, so it's now. Let's let me hit a couple new listeners, Timmy. Okay. We got Brenda Deutsch. Brenda, thank you for joining us. Cecil Smith. Cecil, thank you for joining. Jeff Dolan. Jeff, thank you. Marian Buckwald. Marian, thank you for joining us. Jennifer Miller. Jennifer, we have another Jennifer. Thank you for joining us, Jennifer. Toby Deese. Toby. Susanna Sheldon. Susanna, yes. Genesis Alicia. Genesis, thank you for joining us. And Paul Jackson. Paul Jackson. And I believe it's uh, Susanna Davis. Yes, Susanna Davis. Susanna Davis. Did you get Tyra? Tyra Jackson? Yeah, Tyra Jackson's right. in there. All right. Don't Tyra miss Jenkins. Her. I'm sorry, Tyra Jenkins. Tyra Jenkins, Timmy. Thank you for joining us, Tyra. Thank you yeah. for being active on the page. Uh, we got two more you have to do. Uh, my, my final two that I always do, the lovely Lady Beverly. Yes, um, Beverly. Grace and Elegance. And we're thinking about you, and sweetheart. Sully, yeah. And Graham. Mm-hmm. And Graham. Shout out to Graham, her wonderful husband. Yes, it's they. They are truly I, a. I a, want to visit them when I go to England. I would. I would love to hang out with them too because mm-hmm. Graham's. A, Graham is just a. The guy's got to have a thousand stories. Oh yeah, a yeah. thousand stories. I want to meet them and I want to go to a pub with Trixie. I would like to go to a pub with Trixie myself. Yes, and of course the last but never least. The wonderful and the lovely, and and it, I hope you folks have noticed that the that the sound is improved, um, and that's all due to the generosity of one Dottie Scott. Thank uh, you, Mom. Really, our benefactor, Timmy. And she'll I'll, be happy I'll, with this podcast because a lot of people died. 
Dotty, there was a Santa, there was a flamethrower, there was gunshots, there was people shot in the face. Yeah. I mean, this is right up your alley, Dottie. I know. She, you Dottie. know, I, 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 th- I thought, well, we have to do this because um, we had, I had another podcast scheduled for today. Oh, okay. Um, a more serious podcast. And, you know, we just did Huey Long, and then we did uh, the White Rose Society. Well, and I believe we've, we've given a... We've given the uh, unwashed masses some things to think about. And yeah. We've taught them a little bit. And then I thought, but, well, you know, you we know, got to throw them a bone. Let's give them their red meat, Timmy. <laughs> exactly, meat. exactly. And what better way to give red meat than talk about a flamethrowing sound? throwing shotgun. And I right said, out, this right. is, you know, th- yeah. I have to do this for our, for our listeners. For our listeners. Yes. This is, this this is, is what they really like. Yeah, they're sick bastards, but we you love know, them. It really surprised me, though, the question of the day, how many, I always thought something was really maybe a little peculiar with uh-huh. me, which something is a little peculiar uh-huh. with me. But I put out that question of the day today, and it's surprising how many people felt the same way that I did yeah. that got them interested in true crime. Yeah. And we have a so, lot of listeners interested in true crime, so that's why we, yeah. we, we want to do them often. But every once in a while, we have to do something a little bit different just so I don't go insane. So thank you for your patience. Uh, but I got, you know, we got some, I got some emails and some nice comments about our Huey Long episode and also our uh, episode on the white rose society and uh sophie shoal so well we'll we'll mix it up from time to time but this is our first creepy christmas episode we hope you liked it uh you can find us by going on facebook we have two pages we have the history dweez page and if you would like to join our group where all these wonderful people that we talk about are uh active um join us it's the history dweebs the podcast page uh history dweebs the podcast facebook group uh, just uh, send, uh, please join us, and um, and we'll get you on our shout out list. Uh, you can find Timmy, us. On, we have not had a review on iTunes in almost a month. No, we had one today. Oh, uh, we, we did. We did. It was a very, it was a five star review, and I am going to give a shout out to that person. Thank you for reminding oh, me. Oh, Fat Boy Gardner. Yes, fat, no. Fat this, Boy, yeah, Fat Boy Gardner I listens to us on on Twitter. Mugs one thirty one. Uh, has an advanced degree in history and says he loves the show and he loves to banter and he is looking forward to tuning into the Colonel's Gospel Hour, which will provide him some uh, spiritual guidance. So thank you, Muggs, for the review. If you haven't um, left us a review on iTunes, please do um, because that's how other people can find us. So if you're listening to us on iTunes, please subscribe and leave us a review. If it's a good review, um, we'll mention you on the air. If it's a bad review, well, we'll probably mention you. If but it's a bad review, Colonel will probably like say anonymous, and I'm gonna come and hack your uh, ass and take. So you're still calling out anonymous. I'm gonna say, let me wrap up with this, Timmy. Okay. Screw you, anonymous. <laughs> okay. Screw you. You know what? Rudy ain't even afraid of you. <laughs> Root, I got to get my license plates for my car because my birthday's coming up, Timmy. Uh-huh. And I will bet you, mm-hmm. I will give you 20 to 1 odds that Anonymous cannot stop me from getting my license plates. All right, plates. we're going to see. The gauntlet has been thrown, Anonymous. You're, you're, Let's see what you got, big boy. Uh, okay. Let's see what you got. Bring it on. Bring it on. the Colonel is taking on false carrier thing. You're calling out Anonymous. We're going to yeah. see what happens if you're not here next week. We know you're stuck in an elevator or something somewhere. All right. Thank you for joining us, everyone. And we'll see you next time on History Dweeze. Good day, listeners. Bye, everyone.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.